count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Welcome, y'all, to episode 40 of the Lost Highway Podcast with Jerry Garcia strumming his way into our hearts with his nice version of Bertha, the official podcast of all things Cosmic Country. And I am Daniel Donato. Thank you guys for listening. You can go to extremes with impossible schemes. You can laugh when your dreams fall apart at the seams. And life gets more exciting with each passing day. And love is either in your heart or on its way. Don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart? For as rich as you are, it's much better by far to be young at heart. My grandfather, who recently passed away this year, always sang Frank Sinatra songs. Uh, and they, they reverberate uh, throughout my childhood memories. And that was a Frank Sinatra song that I was just reading to you guys. And it's, it's indicative of the mission statement that I'm uh, proclaiming to, to, to all of y'all. That I very much so am going to place importance on joy this upcoming year. I think joy is a thing that is being taken away from us. And being negotiated out of our psyche by people saying we need to um, be more like them, that we need to aspire to have private jets, that we need to uh, aspire to work 14-hour days at jobs that we really don't love. And I really think it's important that joy be at the center of all your operational being because that will only derive positive goals. The people who work the hardest and work the longest and work the smartest are the people who are innately the most joyful because you cannot survive very long by being a stressed and anxious and depressed person. I feel like for a couple years now, I've been missing something with my music and it was I would practice six hours a day and I wouldn't find it. I would not play guitar for two weeks and I still wouldn't find it. And I think the thing is, is that I took the priority of joy out of my life and I was just trying to focus on gaining followers and I would lose followers one day and I'd be all depressed. And it's like, it's silly. And I haven't even done anything like to win a Grammy. So I shouldn't be this stressed and this in my own head. But it's because I haven't been focusing on the priority of joy. So with all your friends saying that they wish 2021 be better, Congratulate them on their optimism because I think that is real and it's strategically good to be optimistic. But do not expect that this year or this decade owes you shit because it doesn't. The world literally owes you nothing. It's like a Western ideal. Just because we get to choose our own jobs and choose our own paths in life doesn't mean that anything is owed to us. This world owes you nothing. You you owe it to yourself to demand that you be the best person that you can. And it strategically makes the most sense that you work extremely hard and that you also work on a spiritual level of being the most joyous person that you can be by flexing the muscles of humility, gratitude, empathy. And the things that I love are patience, persistence, and positivity. And on the days when I'm not feeling that, and then one of y'all messages me saying, y'all, that patience, persistence, positivity got me through this day. It reminds me that not every day is going to be good, but we can flex these muscles and we can get better in time. So I hope 2021 is better. I really do. But the thing that you can really control and not get existentially dissatisfied with is the amount of effort and execution that you put into your actions, your words, and most importantly, your thoughts. 
That self-dialogue starts everything. That inner world is where it all comes from, y'all. Stay patient. Stay persistent. Stay positive. Buy one of these fly cosmic country hoodies. We're doing a special merchandise collab each month of the year this upcoming year. And I'm making a personal statement and promise to y'all that I am focusing on being a joyous, hardworking, determined, clear-minded individual this upcoming year. I'm not going to be successful every day at it, but I'm going to try to every single day. And so if you ever think that there's a day where you wake up and you can't do it, or you're in a pissed off mood or some shit happened to you, remember that I am making this promise to you and you can bring it right on back home to me is that I think joy is where it's at. I think joy is a thing that makes things last a hundred plus years and joy is a thing that keeps it all going. Y'all stay cosmic. My friend Trevor Larkin is one of the main reasons why I started the uh, the Lost Highway podcast, the official podcast of Cosmic Country. He is not only able to play in Alan Stone, he is not only able to run his own podcast and create his own content, and now he's releasing his own music. He's able also to interface with the world in a way that has levity and um, comedy behind it. And it's like really self-deprecating and intelligent the way that he does so. And he's just a phenomenal musician. Um, I, I'm proud to call him a friend, and it was a real honor to talk with him while he's relaxing in Hawaii uh, via Zoom. I hope y'all enjoy this cosmic conversation with Mr. Trevor Larkin. I'm sort you're, of. I wonder, you're in I wonder if, Hawaii uh, mode right now. Well, hold, let, let me see if I can. Of course, having just said, let me see if I can turn this around. It's probably going to unplug everything, but let me let me just see. Oh yeah, cool. I love this. Oh, okay, wait, wait, let's go. Wait, you can kind of see there's some blue sky. Come on. Some palm trees. There it is. So I'm officially that douche right now, and I apologize. So where in Hawaii are you exactly? Sorry. Let let me turn up. Okay. Let me turn up the thing so I can hear you now. Are you in Maui? Oh, and I look look tremendous. This is great. I'm glad there's a visual component to this. All right. (laughs) Um, So I am on on the big island of Hawaii right now in a district called uh, Kau, which is a very, very remote part of the big island. And, um, you know, my, my folks have a little place here now, which is great. So it's been kind of the family tradition for the past several years that we've congregated here um, during the holidays. Oh, you whoa, know, in, in, really? In, you know, yeah, very, very grateful, very, very fortunate to have wow. uh, this place to be. Uh, you know, in the past, it was always post-tour. So I'd just be spent and exhausted and just, you know, a shell of myself. Yeah. And I'd come <laughs> back here and just sort of, you know, tan my pasty body. You and yeah. I have that in common. Kindred spirits already. What do you got? You got and, that Russian descent? What's I? I have that Ashkenazi Jew Russian descent, and we're just eternally white people. I am. Um, so my parents are South African, actually. Oh, okay. But uh, I think if you trace, you know, my last name is Larkin. If you trace the lineage back far enough, I'm pretty sure it's Irish. So it's just just good standard Caucasian stock. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah. So so you know. In years past, this has been just a wonderful, just a real blessing of a place to kind of just relax and, and recuperate. This year, obviously, things are 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 different. Um, I'm grateful that my parents are here now because, mm. I mean, at the moment, there are zero active COVID cases in this district. So it's incredibly safe. Wow. Um, in order to, I was on the fence, like a lot of people during the holidays now, I was on the fence about traveling. Um, but, but, 
you know, here to, to get here, you, you need a double negative COVID test. You, you need to test negative before leaving. And then you need, then they rapid test you again at the airport upon arrival. Hawaii is extremely, they're, they're extremely efficient with, with that. We were going to go to Hawaii, a friend of mine, Steve Bellamy, who is over at, at, at Kodak. And he, uh, he always gives me these crazy calls. Like he'll, he'll call me on the, on the Monday and be like, what are you doing Friday? Like, oh, yeah. He's like, well, I'm I'm, me and Tulsi Gabbard and Mark Zuckerberg are going to Vail, Colorado, and we're bringing 14 people. You want to come? He did this thing to me about wanting to go to Maui. And there's like the third most expensive hotel, like in the nation or something, in Maui. Mm -hmm. We were going to go. And 17 people were going something crazy like that. I went and got tested. I got tickets. We were supposed to be there literally actually starting uh, yesterday. And uh, man, it was something like, Two people at the hotel got COVID and the whole yeah. thing's canceled now. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. It is it is wild. Um, and it's it's the same policy where we are at now. Um, where you know, if if someone in in this in this I, I don't even know what this is. I was gonna say complex, but that sounds sort of culty and strange, but we'll no. run with that. Yeah. In this complex, um, if someone were to have COVID, I think that that would impact everyone you know, all the permanent residents here. I'm, I think everyone would have to go into quarantine. It's just surreal wow. times, man. You know, which is why, again, like I was really on the fence even about making this trip, you know, because so many people are just not in a position where they can travel and see family over the holidays. And it's sort of crushingly tragic, you know. Um, but yeah. I'm very, 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 very fortunate to to be here, you know, and and to be able to bring music with me to kind of work on and, you know, my little studio and, and to just have that space and that freedom to kind of just sort of meditate and just be still and calm, you know, mm -hmm. th this year. Uh, so, I mean, how has this year been for you? Man, I, you know, I've had a really bad December so far and it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of fogging up in my perception of the year. But if you would have asked me like in November, how the year was going, I really think it was a great year. Um, but I'm kind of crippled by this, by this perspective, like as of like maybe the past week that always creeps up on me. And I, I, I only know that it comes into my mind once I'm in the thick of it. But like the onset of this shitty perspective is very slow and it happens like once every two quarters. So it's like a semi-annual thing. Yeah. And uh, it's just this perspective of like me seeing all the things I should have done this year that I didn't get a chance to do. And it's really just like numbers-based things. I didn't make this much money or I didn't gain this many fans or silly mm -hmm. things like that. But I, the year was honestly really great. And there, there was a, a forced uh, proximity to a more still train of thought that I really love. And that, I'm still mm -hmm. taking that with me now. Yeah. Um, something I picked up this year was the, the concept of, of um, waking up at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really great thing. And it kind of gives you this idea where you can, where you can construct like the most critical hours of your day, maybe those first two, three hours to be really efficient, positive. That's something touring does not give me the ability to do like quite ever. No, yeah, no. And, and that's something, you know, in the, you know, which has been my life for the past 10 years, basically nonsense. Damn, sir. 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the Alan Stone band, it's basically been right record tour, right record tour since two thousand eleven. Like, what was your approach? Like, what was your site? Like, did you would you guys meet at the beginning of the year and be like, okay, so we're going to do this in March, we're going to do this in January, and then we're going to release in October? And was it was yeah. it a pretty constructive deal like that, or was it so not that? Um, the <laughs> diplomatic and evasive answer to that question is yes and no. <laughs> right. um, yeah, no, I, I you know I think. Um, 
I think with, with a lot of bands, especially, you know, because we all knew each other before it was a thing, you know. Right. So I think any, any time that there's a real depth of, of chemistry and just a real connection as people, I think the real magic or the real alchemy happens when you're actually in the same room together and just kind of hashing things out, whether it be music, uh, it, whether it be music, whether it be strategy, whether it just be interpersonal. Hey, like, where's your heart? How's your spirit? Who's pissed off at who? Who's in love with what? You know, um, right. there are certain groups or, or certain people are able to address those issues in different ways. But with yeah. that camp, it all of the best progress that we've made has always just been in the room together. Um, so that obviously is wow. something that has been, you know, so for us being on tour is, is really sort of a, a, a therapy. I mean, sure, it's very difficult at, at times, but it is also just a built-in time where we're all in the bus together and you know, breaking bread and just, just talking about, you know, and that's the thing with, with that world, it, you know, it's more so just kind of talking about life and talking about just other things. And, and those other things tend to coalesce around the music as opposed to sitting down and going like, okay, well, you know, who's got an idea? It, it rarely happens that way. It's usually, a, it's usually a much more um, kind of intuitive and kind of spur of the moment thing. So times like this, and, and we're also, we also kind of need that because we're all very different people. Um, right. you know, we were all living in Seattle at the time when things started, but we all, but we now all live in different cities and we all are, you know, as I say, very different uh, people, very different temperaments and personality types. We lead very different lives and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, how it's always mm -hmm. been is, you know, we, we all kind of scatter at the end of a thing, you know, whether it's a session or a tour and, and lead said different lives very happily, you know, and, and that's sort of what, what we've done now, um, but certainly this, this distance, I mean, we've had, you know, I, I'm, I'm in touch with the guy, other guys in the band quite a bit, you know, like they're, they're, they're playing on, on a lot of these new tunes of mine and we collaborate on different projects together and, and help produce for other people. We kind of have our own little miniature version of the wrecking crew that we throw out there. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then Al and I will chat here and there, but like I say, you know, we, we all have very different lives and very different sort of energies. So it's been, it's been a challenge this year, kind of staying staying connected but to answer your original question is mm -hmm. there is there a big strategy meeting yeah. is there a grand plan um you know our thing up until now has always just been you know it was very much like the field of dreams thing if you build it they will come oh. we just started we, we just started touring and, and we didn't know anything and when I say we didn't know anything, I mean, I, we literally knew nothing. What is we, like, so the level of knowing nothing in 2011 is way different than the level of knowing nothing in 2020. So like, what's, what's that difference? Do you think like, well, not only is that statement true, but right. compound that with a group of people who just in general <laughs> right. kind of know nothing. Same here. And, and then date that a decade. <laughs> you know, date that to a time when YouTube had only been around for five years or whatever. Have you heard of YouTube? I know, right? It's a, it's a strange Martian technology. 2011, yeah. I remember. That was like the only guitar video on YouTube was like Marty Schwartz. It, it, was, it was a time. <laughs> it was a time. No, yeah. So, I mean, so our, our approach was very accidental and very analog. Um, which I know for me at that time was, a, was just so important for me to experience. Because, mm. you know, I, I have especially at that time and in previous years, I could be characterized as a little self-serious, you know? Man. And, and 
Wow. And it was, you know, and, and I had been, you know, sort of very meticulous and very particular and, and, you know, and, and I had had success doing other things, but it, but it was so valuable for me to just be in a, in a project. Cause I, at that time, you know, I, I, I had had a band in Seattle that, you know, we had come close to signing a de- We were not a good band. Let me clarify. <laughs> um, it was like a power trio rock thing and I was singing and writing the tunes and stuff and it was great. And we, we almost signed a deal, but thank God we didn't because we stunk and we were not ready for that kind of thing. But, right. but still, you know, I, I was pretty broken up by that. And the chance to play with, with these guys came up and I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. I can play with my friends. They're all great musicians and I don't have to be the center of attention. I, I was not ready for that. Mm. And, um, and it was really just so like, do, do you, do you know the Muppet band, the electric mayhem, you know, Dr. Teeth and all these guys, Ralph no. on piano, you know, no, Gonzo on drums or not, not oh. animal on drums. And then the Gonzo is always just seen the best. Yeah. So that yes. is exactly what we were and what I think the thing still is to this day. It's right. just, it doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. Right. And we just sort of piled in his shitty van and just sort of bumbled around. And for someone like me, who at the time was especially was like very much sort of iron your underpants kind of guy, you know, it was, it was really great therapy to just be like, this should not work. This should not work at all. And yet it is somehow working. And it was working in a way, you know, we go to San Luis Obispo and play to the security guard and the bartender. And then we go Mm. back again and there'd be 10 people and we go back again and there'd be 50 people. And then, oh my God, you know, like, (laughs) you know, we played the, the Conan O'Brien show in 2011. And if, if you go on YouTube and if you watch that performance, it, it, we are the greenest human beings. It, it's <laughs> tremendous. You know, I was wearing, I was wearing an eye, like a wrinkled, I'd been wearing it for like two weeks, Iron Maiden shirt that I was, I was forbade to go out on stage wearing this shirt. The guy, the, the press guy who was with us, like gave me his even more wretched overcoat to wear. Oh, because it's just like, you, you can't wear this garbage. Oh. So I just put an additional layer of garbage on top of my garbage and it's great. I'm like tapping my foot in between. It's it, tremendous. Tremendous. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tre- Alan was going through his sweater phase. It was a great time, you know? Um, <laughs> and yet, and it's some, you know, and I think, well, there, I've learned so many lessons from that world, but I think specifically in this context, just that idea that, that, one of the great blessings that that world has afforded me is it was a space where I could just make mistakes. See, like you, you, you are a person who at least, and I'm sure internally for you, maybe you would disagree, but as someone who is a friend of yours and a fan of yours, you are someone who has had a really good, you know, you've been hitting ground rule doubles for a long time. You know what I mean? Like at, at an early day, at an early age, you've cultivated a real strong identity as an artist and you're, you're really, you're really consistent and, and really confident within that, which I think is wonderful. It took me a really long time to develop that. That's right. always been my, my trajectory. I've been much more of a slow burn type of dude. Man, I think and, I'm a slow and, burn too. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. it, it, it's a beautiful energy I've come to realize. And it wow. is, and it is something that I think a lot of us are, you know, th- there's something sort of insidious in our business, which I'm sure you've experienced too, is we're sort of conditioned to focus on things we are perceived to be lacking. 
And, and an element of that is just maybe an element of that is certain people that maybe are not the best influences in our lives. There's right. an element of control there and manipulation. Right. There's an element of people just needing to have a seat at the table and feeling, feeling justified in the conversation. I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. And, you know, just, just part of it, I'm sure, is also just good old-fashioned human nature. You feel a little bit better about yourself, kind of inserting yourself in, in a scenario in that way. But oh, anyway, but, but for me with the Al Stone thing, um, I needed a lot of space to just learn how to do this thing, to learn how to really, um, you know, just be comfortable on stage in this context with these guys, to learn how to dress, you know, to learn how to be, you know, because I, I had been a good musician or a good player or, or a good songwriter or whatever for a long time. But in terms of connecting the dots of how to be a good professional, right? Um, I did, you know, it's not that I didn't know how to do that. It's just... Right. It was such a luxury to all of a sudden find yourself in a project where like 2012, we were on the road for 315 days. That's fucking awesome though. That's I, insane. It was great. And that's almost all the days. That's and it was, 50 and days it's, short. It's, you know, it's funny to look back at those times and just see like how we were all dressing and how we were all just sort of behaving. And it was, it's tremendous. You know, I, it, you know, that, that world grew quickly, um, but it it still afforded all of us that luxury of being sort of glorious and spectacularly sort of imperfect, um, which is something that I, that, as I say, like I certainly needed that. Um, wow. You know, now, only now do I really feel, I would say, you know, it's, it's con a constant evolution, but only now would I say, do I sort of feel properly confident in my own skin? But, but back, back in those days, it was just so great. And also just the way that, that the band at that time performed, you know, because, because prior to that, you know, I was doing, you know, living in Seattle, I was doing freelance gigs with the, with the symphony and the ballet and the opera and wearing the bow tie and all that. Right. And I was doing, um, <laughs> you know, recording sessions for like, you know, a, a lot of film work would come up from LA to sort of get around the unions would come up to Seattle. So I would oh, do that wow. stuff. And then I was playing in bands and stuff too, but like a lot of it was very, you know, uh, formal, I guess, for lack of a better word, yeah. kind of work. Um, but then this band, you know, Alan was just screaming his head off. The drummer was just super, just visceral and just like, ah, just powerful. And it was very, very open and just exposed. Right. Uh, you know, very, very human. Um, yep. Right. And that was really important for me to, to experience just both on, you know, just a, well, just a human level. And it's really informed my playing and my musicality as well. Just like choices I've made as a guitar player, choices that I've made as, as a contributor to an ensemble and stuff like that. Um, so it's been, it's been such a wonderful thing. And, right. it's meant, and it's meant a lot to a lot of people. And it sort of, it sort of has grown the right way. And, you know, now we're all at this sort of surreal crossroads where we don't really know what is coming around the bend. Is that because that's obviously because of a lot of influences, right? But you got to think that one of them is the inevitable seems to be like this. I'm noticing at 25 um, yeah. where I look at life very much in uh, analogous archetypes. So it's just mm -hmm. like, definitely this is more of like a pool <laughs> analogy here. So I think there's like this, um, there's almost like this transcendent force that's just constantly leading you into this deeper end. And there's these poles or there's these, uh, there's, there's these markers that we pass in our life, right? So there's mm -hmm. one where, you know, unless you're Dave Ramsey, you get a credit card. 
unless you're, you know, you're 16, you get, you start driving, right? You're, you know, 20 to, to sometime in your mid thirties, you maybe you meet someone and you get married and you have a child or, you know what I mean? Maybe some people go to college, they get in a lot of debt, they do those things. And there's these, it's interesting to see how music is really affected by these, uh, these inevitable life scenes that happen in our lives. And right. So Alan recently just had a child, right? Right. right. Um, so I'm assuming like the, the, the inevitable mature maturation and rising levels of responsibility you guys have in your lives. And the fact that you have more of those experiences that happen, that makes you even more different people, let alone yeah. like on an Enneagram level, you guys are probably already innately different, but talk about the, assets of experience that you guys are now accumulating and responsibilities. Now you're differing even more. How does the nucleus of Alan Stone keep rolling forward? And that's kind of what you're talking about. What do you think some of those forces are? Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. And you're forcing me to think about stuff as I'm in Island vibes mode, which I appreciate. You're in Jimmy Buffett mode. You're literally, I can feel the fucking margarita salt through this SM. You know, just having having a cheeseburger in paradise over here. (laughs) You know that's written about uh, a diner here in Nashville? Rotier's Diner. I did not know that. Is that right? Rotier's Diner. I don't know if it's true, but people have told me that it is. And so, Mm. and what people say now is true. So Rotier's Diner is apparently that's what it's all about. I don't know if that's. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's, that's, that's good information. When I'm back in town, I will go, <laughs> I will go and I will, I will like be adorned in various, like sort of like loud floral bullshit right. and it'll be great. You know, I'm like, sir, it is 27 degrees outside. What in the fuck are you wearing like, hey, I'm just, sandals for? I'm just living, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't you know? judge me. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, so back, so that, that, that's a very, that's a very good question. Um, right on. I think, you know, I, I know for me, I, because the music was a bit. That's the thing. Like I can always see when bands stop, like because there's no sales. Like yeah. I, my father's a businessman, so I always have a a business, um, uh, like a layer of fascia that's over my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys obviously have sales. Like you sell yeah. out shows, and you you have fans, right? I've been in several bands that I could, you know, when I was touring with them, we would have we go to Urbana, Illinois. There'd be two hundred people. Then we go back, and there's a hundred. Right. And so I could see why now in 2020, they, they say, fuck it, no more. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting to see, you know, you guys are talking about there's this evolution here. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, it's, a, no. it's a project that has life is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think so. And, and, um, you know, that, that world has been built up in such a way that, you know, obviously, you know, when, when it's safe to do so. You right. know, that, that, that world can kind of get out and, and play shows and tour sort right. of, it, it, whether there's a new record, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't you can matter. Go, yeah. You can kind of go out and, 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 and play shows and, and, and do well. Yeah. So that's, that's very fortunate, you know. Yeah, man. It's great. Um, yeah. But, but we are, you know, but that said, you know, we, we are very different people and, and, and some people have come and gone and, yeah. and we are, you know, a little bit older and wiser and all the things that kind of go along with it. And I think, right. you know. In the earlier days, you know, one of the one of the great gifts of of the band's success is it's really emboldened all of us, Alan included, to kind of branch out and explore different things, right? Know, do different, uh, you know, explore different creative outlets, and um, and we're all really excited to to be doing that. You know, I'm releasing music of my own again, and you know, and Swati has a great band, and so there's there's a lot of really special things going on. Um, Hira, how do you pronounce it? Is it Hira Eth or Hira Eth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that you know, is up to debate. I, I, 
the pronunciation I have been told is Irith. Irith. And I so love what, it, man. I love oh, it. Oh, thanks. Text, no, that's you it. You know, it to I, me I, out I, of the blue. And it was just, it was, you texted me right when I was exercising. So I pressed it right on. And it is, I love it, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, it's, it's a very different type of song for me to do. Um, it, well, it, yeah, well, okay. So we can talk about, well, is, do you want the Alan Stone answer or that answer first? I want to well, go well, on we the Alan Stone answer and then let's get on to this, into the, uh, the okay. next. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think for me, God, I mean, I have, I have changed so much as a, as a person over these Man. past 10 years. And Man. yeah, you know, it's, Wow. What I'm, what I'm sort of experiencing now. So, you know, when the, when the opportunity to play with Alan came about, yeah. I was at, at, I met, as I mentioned, kind of at a crossroads, you know, I'd had a, a band that had just broken up that I thought was going to break through. You know, I had, I had good, good work in Seattle and, you know, I had a lovely girlfriend and a nice apartment and all those things. And I was just like, okay, well, this is, this is it, I guess like, this is okay. Wow. Um, but then, and then the opportunity to play with these guys comes up at, at a time where I was sort of like, well, I, I guess I just sort of stay down going down this road. But then this other opportunity came up and I jumped at it on it. And now it's, and it has become this thing that's become, and I kind of feel now I'm at another crossroads again where this, Oh fuck. The, the Alan Stone thing has reached the, the culmination of a chapter, N- not in terms of, of the thing stopping or anything like that, but just right. in terms of that moment where you sort of look at yourself in the proverbial mirror and go, who am I? And where do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Um, how do I want to, how do I want to express myself? Yeah. And, and I'm at that point again, you know, very similar to where I was 10, 11 years ago where, <laughs> I, you know, I just sort of opened to opportunity. You know, like the Alan Stone band is is really special and very much a thing, and I think will always play a, a role in in all of our lives. But but all of us are so much more open now to to doing other things and and um, yeah, and to just sort of challenge. I, I guess like kind of channel a lot of the stuff that we've learned along the way. You know, I I think that that's a real mistake that band, bands with success and some longevity make is they just sort of, they keep coming back to the same place over and over again. And they don't recognize when it's time to have that conversation or when it's time to take a break or when it's time to release other music. And I think critically too, you know, especially if you're dealing with a situation where it's not your name on the marquee, mm-hmm. it can be, it can be difficult sometimes, especially if you are you know, like a little bit more of, I, I guess, an alpha type and, and are inclined to sort of share your own art or, you know, have conversations like we're having now and like these kind of things. Right. It can, you know, I feel like it's so important to get these other vehicles for expression out into the world so that you can come back, you know, being in a band is very much a team sport, right? So you can come back to the flagship restaurant or you can come back to the band and know yeah. what your job in that band is to do. And you feel like really satiated and very happy for having done this other stuff. So that's why it's critical. I feel like for everyone to branch out and, and do other things, you know, man, um, there's a real, there is a real, I noticed it in Nashville a lot and I've never really innately understood it. And, and now I'm getting to the place to where I'm having, trying to really force Having trying to force more empathy into how I talk to myself, it's allowed me to have empathy for other people. Um, yeah. I recently took a personality test, and my okay. politeness level was zero out of a hundred, which is zero. A everyone who meets me, but I don't know. People you're, you're, you're a very polite young man. I don't know where that zero comes from. I am a. I really am an asshole on certain levels, and it's like it's real, man. So the thing <laughs> that I'm getting on this, I've been really practicing empathy, like 
several times an hour. I'm reminding myself. And I think I've noticed having this empathy, I've, I've noticed within the music industry, there is a, because that's the only domain of expertise I've really participated in with any good amount of contention uh, time-wise. And so there is a, there's a real feast or famine definitive line. And most people go to the famine side. Like I have to, I have to be this identity that I saw someone else fulfill. So I have to do that to be successful. And I can only do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, there's a concept in business that's known as verticality. Like, well, well, yeah, like Coke can't just like, li- like add stevia to every bottle of regular Coke. Like it would be really fucked up and no one would buy it anymore. So you do have to stay vertical to some degree, but it's a feast in this world. Like we live in an expanding universe that is growing and swirling in many directions exponentially at thousands of miles an hour. And there's always change. And so why can't we feel free and find value in, ex- in exposing those opportunities of change and fulfilling them, right? Like you did with your podcast, like you did with your recent release of, of music. And why can't everyone else in Allen Stone do that? Alan did, right? Went and did the karaoke tour, which is cool. It's yeah. like, why can't we do all these avenues? And it's like, I feel like the era of music that we're coming from, that YouTube-driven success, organic, independent of really needing major marketing from labels, that shows that you can really just curate a fan base based off like almost your vibrational center of who you are as a collective and as you are as individuals. And that'll always resonate with people, right? Yeah. And it's like, so I think it's a beautiful thing, man, that you're doing a thing. And I just wanted to kind of mention, like, it's really cool that at your age and, and everyone else around you as well, that you guys are arriving to kind of the same notion that I'm getting on here, where it's, it's really a feast out here. Like, you can do Alan Stone, you can do several other projects, you can juggle many balls at the same time and yeah. be successful. Right. No, I, I agree. And, and within that, I think it's important also to appreciate, and I feel like right. this kind of surreal time we're in can be really conducive towards this in, in our more philosophical moments. You know, this is a, this is like a very difficult time for so many people, but, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I I know for me, I've been really uh, along the lines of what you're talking about. I've been really paying attention to sort of the intention and the reason why I am doing a thing, especially when there are so many different ways you can express yourself in so many different outlets. Uh, You know, that on the one hand, as you say, there's an abundance there and that can be, you know, that certainly is exciting, but, I also feel like in a world that is sort of driven by metrics and various analytics and how many views and how many yeah. listens and how many everything, yeah. you know, our, our sense of self and our sense of, of real identity is really wrapped up in some sort of inherently kind of unhealthy or sort of fucked up stuff. And so for yeah. me, what, what I'm trying to focus on, you know, you, you mentioned like the podcast earlier, I, that, that show is on, you know, I, I had that going on. I had a, a daily email newsletter that I'd written for a couple of years. That daily. Had audience. <sighs> but, but those, those, those two things are kind of on hold right now because I realized that the intention behind those things was a bit dysfunctional. I think one thing that I'm trying to focus on, and I think, hopefully a great many people are trying to focus on now during these times is 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 what we are doing sort of you know instilling within us like a real sense of pride of personal pride of you know having felt better to have contributed this you know for yourself and for the universe or however you want to think about it something that you're sort of excited to get out of bed and jump into that has nothing to do with spins that has nothing to do with views um, because so that that's, where your, that's where your dysfunctional intention. So you're talking about, I, I sort of, well, it, it, it was right. Yeah. I, I think I, I was seeking 
right. probably a little bit too much external validation through those other outlets. Yeah. And then also, no, I mean, to be honest, I was also a little bit intimidated about deep diving into my own music again, because I had done it in earnest before, and it had not been particularly successful, you know, um, not because it was bad, but just because, you know, who, who knows how or why some songs get heard, so you know, who are, who really knows why the Alan Stone thing took off the way that it did. It's, there's so much of it that is out of our control, which is why I think it's so important to focus on things about which you are proud and about which really you feel, um, you know, really capture the essence of kind of who you are as, as an artist, you know, and that, you know, back to the abundance thing, you know, we are, we are, in the sort of epicenter right now of the like 15 second shred on Instagram and do this and do that and do the other thing. Hey, no, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's real. One of the reasons, one of the reasons why your social media presence is, is, is successful and really compelling is, is because it is authentic. Right. Um, you know, I, I really get a sense that I am getting, you know, a real genuine insight into who you are through the things that you choose to share. Yeah. Um, if, if that is not true, then, you know, someone shouldn't do the thing, even if someone else is doing the thing, you know, like there, there are plenty of, plenty of white guys playing funk on the internet. You know what I mean? I, 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 I am not feeling compelled to like contribute to that continuum. Um, yeah. But what I'm starting to do now, you know, and, and even in the height of, you know, like my shred days or like the height of like the Alan Stone thing, um, if, if you had asked me what I most identify as, it would be, as what I'm doing now as a, as a songwriter and an artist sort of sharing my own art, not so much a guitar player in someone else's band, not so much like a, like a, like a chops guy or whatever. Um, and so now I feel like I, after, you know, 10 years of playing in a successful band, I feel like I've only now have I really found a, a voice that I feel like is really genuine to who I am that I'm excited to share. Mm. Um, so, so that's, well, that's exciting for me, you know, um, me and, and it immediately sort of contextualizes a lot of the stuff that I think can really be anxiety inducing for a lot of people, you know, like the social media stuff or like how you choose to, you know, like even my sending Eraith to you, you know, like this is, this is a gentle, um, tune where I'm not even singing the lead vocal. I'm singing like 64 background yep. vocals and it's not a musician song right. and it's, you know, but, but it's. It's who I am. And that I think, you know, going back to that, you know, to, to really focus on stuff about which you're really proud, um, that, that has been such a huge uh, development for me this year that has taken several years prior to really build up, uh, you know, to, to sort of full strength, you know. Um, so that is a rambling answer to a, a question of yours that I'm sure was very nice that <laughs> I have somehow either either evaded or, or have maybe answered somewhat. Um, well, I love ramblers, man. I really love, <laughs> I was born, I really was. Like I've always, I've, since I was honestly, my, every report card up until when we stopped having report cards had the same problem, which was Daniel talks too much and he thinks he's the boss. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, I really love connecting with people who can be very transparent with the curiosity and their train of thoughts. Cause man, if you think about it, when you're talking to yourself and you're thinking through these issues, you're not even talking in complete sentences, like in your own mind. So it's mm -hmm. really helpful to be able to talk to people who are on the same vibrational level as you are. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that really is what this whole simulation of life is about. It's like communicating these ideas because a lot of times we're going through the same issues. It's just that the pronouns and the, the, the geographic location might, might vary from person A to person B, but they're similar, yes. you know? No, it's, it's, 
It's very true. And you were talking about empathy earlier. I think hopefully that's something that we're all taking away from these crazy times is that oh. every, everyone is going through something. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much sort of quote unquote success you've had, however arbitrary that might be. It doesn't right. matter your relationship status. It doesn't, you know, it, it, everyone is going through something really heavy right now. Um, and this is, you know, especially for those of us who are a inclined to do this type of personal work and be fortunate enough to be able to kind of weather the storm yes. in, in relative safety. Um, I'm really excited by this opportunity to kind of dig a little bit deeper and explore mm -hmm. these different kinds of connections, which is why I'm excited to be on your show. It's really fun <laughs> to have these type of conversations, you know? Yeah, um, man, really. You know, and, and also to just, yeah, to just share kind of just core human stuff that it's okay to be imperfect, that it's okay to not really know what's going on. It's okay to be scared. And I think that's another great thing. Well, yeah, it's, so it sounds so strange to say great thing about these times, but, you know, we can all explore that energy if we choose to this, this sort of this uncertainty and this vulnerability around where we're coming from. And there's, there's a lot of great stuff that can be mined from that. Hopefully man. this guy doesn't start mowing. So if you hear lawnmower oh. in the background, we might, that's okay. I'll yell. I'll yell that, loud. As long as, he's, as long as it's, on, as long as it's a uh, John Deere, I'm happy. As long as it's a, a, a well-made American machine. It is a John Deere. And you know, my, my dad used to own a John Deere, a John Deere dealership in my hometown of Walla Walla, Washington. Ooh, so Walla there you Walla. go. Okay. You what, know, native, what native tribe uh, was in Walla Walla? You know, to my shame, I don't know That's off all the good. top of my head. That's I do know good. that Walla Walla means land of many waters because there's the Snake River and the Columbia River. Mm. That that converges right around there. It's it's right around. I'm sure all of your listeners know exactly where Walla Walla, Washington is. But it's right <laughs> it's right on that Oregon Idaho border, like right in the southeastern uh, corner of the state. And then a Alan actually grew up in a town called Chewila, Washington, which is about three or so hours, uh, three or so hours, like due north of of Walla Walla. So two very small rural eastern Washingtonian places that are responsible for two weirdos. Really weird. Really weird and in particular, oddly relevant to what this generation needed musically. Like a perfect inflection of like, I find that as we are as musicians now, I don't know. I don't have the context of, of having been alive in the sixties and seventies, but um, like we did a record with Robin Ford produced a record of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, whenever we get together, I'm asking him like, what was it like that being at Fillmore West, like watching cream or watching Hendrix front row? Yeah. Wow. And, and it was just like, well, there wasn't much, and things were obvious. Like you could see who, where the influence was, was coming from, but the idea of things being derivative were outweighed by the, the actuality of the innovation that was happening. Yeah. The amount of innovation that's happening now, I feel is outweighed by how, in a way, how we're kind of, um, past, past, like pastiche derivative. But I find that to be cool. Like if I can listen to an artist and tell who they like, and who they were fucking with while they're growing up and who yeah. they're listening to. That's a cool thing. And that was the thing that's really apparent in your guys's group is you can really hear the influences and it's very obvious. You can, you know, and it was especially, I mean, even just for me, you know, prior to joining that group, I had never really played soul music. Right. I hadn't really even listened to much soul music. You know, I, I had listened to like the greatest, you know, the greatest hits and stuff. Sure. Um, but I really sort of knew, I basically knew nothing, you know. And then I, I found myself in a group with guys where that, that had been like what they had grown up with. And they had sort of a deep attachment 
uh, to to this music and like and a you real didn't profound, you didn't have that no, same emotional not because connection. I didn't like it but just right. because you know I think you know my my favorite stuff early on was like all the metal and hardcore stuff you know and um, which geographically like makes more sense for you to be into that like, yeah I, you know I I don't know it was it was just it was the music that I had. F- really discovered on my own. It was the first music that I discovered on my own. So there was a real kind of sense of ownership of that stuff, you know, and I was a real angry teenager, uh, which I feel, I feel is a good thing. I encourage any teenagers listening to this to just be angry. It doesn't matter what, just be, just be annoyed. Um, And so it was a great, you know, because for me, like I, I, I was a big sports guy. I still am a big sports guy, but more so a sports fan now, but I was a big sports guy. And then Around 15, 16, I had an injury and kind of transitioned into guitar playing, basically. So it was a great outlet for me to just continue. You know, I couldn't just beat the Christ out of someone on the football field. So like this was a great, but I could just play along to like Pantera and Metallica and Fuck yeah. Anthrax and fucking Deicide and Death and oh, all these tremendous bands, you know. Dimebag Daryl, holy shit. Holy oh, yeah, shit, Dimebag Daryl. Like we don't talk about Dimebag enough. I don't ever see Dimebag here. The Instagram covers. For every thousand slow dancing in a burning rooms, I get one cowboys from hell. <laughs> For every thousand. <laughs> well, see, now this is, you now have something new to evangelize on your show now. <laughs> because those records are really, really tremendous. Oh, oh, wait, here's the guy with the thing. Here's the guy with the That's thing. It. Let's see. I don't oh, no, no, it's, it's okay. No, it, it, it's going to be fine. It's going to okay, be fine. Good. Look um, at that. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, no, I mean like that, that, you know, th- there was just... Th- so much like real power and, and intention. And, and I actually feel like a lot of soul in that music because there's nothing contrived about it, you know? And that, and that was something that I think playing with the Al Stone group really taught me as well. I mean, there's soul as a genre, obviously, but then there's, but you know, all the, all good music has soul. It might kind of feel and sound a little bit different, you know? Of course. Um, but what was, but again, like what was really cool for me with that band is because we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> And we still don't know what we're doing. The fact that I didn't really have a super refined soul vocabulary was, was okay because I was a good musician and I could just kind of listen and play stuff. You know, like I'm a big uh, Andy Summers fan, a big fan of the police, you know, mm. and that was, and, and that was an aesthetic that I've, that has kind of become sort of, um, I guess if, if I have a sound as a guitar player, which I'm not sure that I do, that would be it is the sort of like, you know, add, add nines to everything and 11s. Well, and just I just, kind of, I could have sworn I just saw you play a B add nine with, with your oh, hand. Oh, I know it's, it's, if, if it doesn't have a nine in it, it's not a chord. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, no, because like what, what I found with that band is, you, you know, it's, it's that Miles Davis thing. Like when, when, you know, the band is playing fast, you play slow. When the band is playing slow, you play fast. What's so, that vibe? How so? Well, you know, I, I found like in the Alan Stone thing, you know, especially in the earlier days of the group, you know, the, the drummer was very, very active on the set, rolling all over the toms, a lot Fucking of mid Alan is, ah, you know, really going for it. And he's also hacking away at the acoustic or the electric or whatever. And then the keyboard player is also very busy. It all sounds great. Yeah. But there was just a lot of, there was a lot of real estate being covered. And in the early tours, I was just like, Christ, like, what do I even play in this band? You know, because <laughs> right. I'm coming from, you know, the role of the guitar in rock music is way different than the role of the guitar in that world. You know, the guitar in rock music, it's forward, it's loud. The tune is kind of built around, it's guitars, you know. Um, but in soul music, the, the job is just the opposite. It's Two to really four. add those colors and those little, those little moments, you know. Right. And what I found, it was, you know, if, if I started to kind of, hack away at stuff. Um, you know, if I 
started to kind of white guy blues it in there, it just got muddy and, you know, all the strat in a hat kind of playing, you know, it just kind of got muddy and lost in that, in that thing. Um, it's funny. So what I found is if, if I could, if I could occupy, you know, really like play with minimal effects yeah. and just occupy and just float, you know, hit that minor 11 chord over the right. top of the groove and right. just let it hang and let it float over the top and let yep. the other guys fill in that kind of rhythmic stuff and that yep. chatter and that yep. bounce. Yep. All of a sudden the guitar really, you know, cause I was always pretty fastidious about listening back to, to board mixes or listening back to like Instagram clips of the shows or whatever. While, so under, like, while ironing your underwear in a days in hotel room in Boise, Idaho, you're listening back to the show. Literally, literally, literally my life for years. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yes. Um, no, I'm aware. I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. And so it was cool. I, I realized that I could kind of take a lot because I'm a big, I'm a big fan of chords. You know, I'm a big fan of like close voicings and extended shapes. I have sort of long spindly fingers and it's always just kind of, I've been drawn to that type of almost pianistic kind of vibe, you know, Philip Glass meets guitar. Right. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's funny that you use Philip Glass as a reference. Like that was, that uh, was a huge influence for me on a lot of approach um, to actually, yeah, a lot of the stuff off of Radius and, and even building balance. Um, oh, wow. You know, g- g- going out and, and playing shows because there's, a, you know, again, like providing texture, you know, you can provide texture by fluttering over the top. You can provide texture by, you know, adding, you know, kind of slidey add nine stuff. You can add texture doing anything or you can add, like you can just kind of also just repetitive extended arpeggio shapes, kind of ghosting and dancing around. And, um, and I really, I really found that, that, you know, that, that was a super, um, effective kind of aesthetic within that group. And again, like in, in a soul band, you don't really hear anyone doing that kind of stuff. Which is great. And, and then I always made a point to um, steal a riff or a concept from like some, you know, like th- there was a tune in particular off of Radius, a song called Love, that um, in the verse, I, I, would, I stole the arpeggio pattern from Limelight uh, by Rush, which is a great wow. song. And, um, in, and I applied that to the tune, wow. you know, and, you know the, the same voices, the same everything. And it just made me so happy. Um, and it was always the thing, another favorite thing of mine to do is, you know, because like chances are, you know, the first, you know, how, how the Alan Stone shows typically work is the first five or six rows are just super fans and they're following Alan and they're tremendous people and they're following Alan wherever he goes on stage. And then stage left is where myself and Swati are and that's where the keyboard and guitar nerds are. <laughs> and they are staring at us, but mostly staring at Swati because I... I, I don't know how much I give to guitar nerds, honestly. I, I really don't. But that's where they are. And then, and then the 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 drummer is stage right, and then the bass is there. And then so that's all the drum nerds and bass nerds are on that side. And there's yeah. a lot of great playing going on. Um, and you know, so I'd throw in like a Rush thing, or I'd throw in like like a Zach Wild, like Ozzy lick yep. or something like that. Yeah. And and it would work. And I'd look out at the audience. And I, I even threw like you know I would throw in like a Dream Theater thing, like you know really really going for it. And um, you know. They, you know, maybe they didn't land as well as I think they landed, but I thought they landed pretty well. No, but it was cool to just, you know, you, you watch the audience and like, they, they don't know that music, but then you look over at, at the house guys and the crew guys and they're just like, fuck yeah. You know, yeah, and that was right. always something that I tried to do, especially early on. Like, you know, especially when we would be going to places for the first time back in the day, like I remember our first European tour, we played this small club in, in Dublin, Ireland. And it was, you know, like a lot of small clubs. It's a rock place. It's like a metal joint. You know, it's dingy yeah. and it's fucked up and it yep. stinks. And I love it, you know. And I noticed that um, one of the um, one of the house guys. Oh, here the 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 thing is going by Ooh. now. 
the the attractor it's on the move and it is it is almost out of earshot there and it's it is. gone okay this is great Very anyway that was so great. yeah um <laughs> so yeah i noticed that one of the house guys had had a deicide tattoo so if you so deicide is this amazing death metal band I'm sure all of your Cosmic Country fans are intimately familiar with Deicide. Um, <laughs> right. but, but this guy, had a you know, and, and we were this sort of frilly frou-frou soul band from the U.S. And they were, you know, pretty openly dismissive of us as they should have been, you know? Yeah. Um, but, then during, but, the, but then I noticed this guy's Deicide tattoo as he was pinning the stage. And so, like, during soundcheck, I played some Deicide riffs. Right. And immediately he's just like, what the fuck is going, the, what? And from that moment on, all of a sudden, the entire vibe changed, right. and everyone was just so kind and welcoming. And then, and then, you know, then we played, and they were really kind of taken aback, I think, by the musicianship and like the exuberance right. of the crowd and the whole thing. So that's something that I've always tried to do is to just kind of dish out those Easter eggs for 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 the people who actually work for a living, you know. Especially um, the Irish, right? My God, the, the you know the culture differentiation when going over into Europe and exploring the various cultures that go over there to people who tour there for the first time, myself included, like I'm very much so a tourist, let, you know, in contrast to pe my friends such as yourself and Joe Bonamassa, um, Tyler Bryant, pe other people have been on this podcast, John Osborne, like who have spent yeah. several tours in, in Europe and spent sure. a lot of time. With. It's crazy to me to see, of course, the difference in cultures in regards to how close they are in proximity to each other. Like mm -hmm. even just within Germany, going to the Netherlands, it's like you're talking about, you're getting a lot of, a, a lot of dynamic there, but it's funny to see just how old and ingrained in our brainstem music is. And it works across the entire race of humanity. It really does. It's That's crazy. such a profound, it's a, such a profound energy. And I'm glad that you bring that up because I feel like there is also a tendency maybe in part to kind of like find, you know, find your lane and find an audience is that we, so, we there is a, you know, I, I belong to this clique or this is the genre, this is the thing. Right. And, you know, one of the great, again, like real gifts of the Alan Stone project is it's, it became a global band. I think soul music is a real great ambassador for, for positivity and for kind of people, you know, being inclined to sort of bring the best versions of themselves to, to the show. And wow. we've, and, and so, and that again, you know, for me, kind of coming from a self-serious kind of shoegazy place prior to joining that band to just experience shows that were pure joy, just pure joy, no huh. agenda, just happiness and just dancing and just love. And, you know, it was such an important thing for me to see, you know, it wasn't about note perfection. It wasn't about, it was, it was just about being in that room with people. Mm. And it really changed me, you know, it really changed me profoundly, like really fundamentally it changed me. And, and so, you know, being able to travel all over the world and play that music, it is so wonderful to see. It doesn't matter whether you're playing a show in New Zealand or whether you're playing in Ireland or whether you're playing in the United Arab Emirates or, you know, all of these kind of wow, crazy wow. places we've been fortunate right. enough to play. The reaction is very similar. You know, people, people are tied into this kind of universal joy the sort of freedom to express yourself in a really authentic way. A lot of different genres of music can bring that out, but there's something about, um, about soul music that is just, you know, and also just the amount of people we've met and the amount of incredible conversations we've had just because people, again, there's something about that music that really unlocks this sort of potential or, or you know, you're inclined to sort of be the best version of yourself and be just very open. And, and so many wonderful 
old just like hangs and conversations after the show and so many friends like lifelong friends made and so many so many great people in the industry too you know i feel like the industry can get a bum rap sometimes um oh, yeah but really it's but really, you know sure and, and we all have experienced um the people you don't want to work with in the business. sure but the, sure the beautiful thing about about music that comes with a real depth and purity of intention is that the real sort of shitty people <laughs> are not drawn to that music they're not drawn to that energy. They're drawn to something that they can exploit. They're drawn to something that they can manipulate. And if there's that kind of purity and if there's that kind of intention behind the art and, and you know, manifested through the people on stage and the people in the audience, then, then, then the right business people as well are drawn to that. Um, and that was a really valuable lesson for me to learn too. Because again, at the time of that band starting, I had, you know, been working with, with people who shall remain nameless that were not that not that great. And it was mm. really wonderful for wow. me to, to see that the art and the intention behind the art can steer the ship in every way iman- imaginable. And at that point, it, it's not about any sort of metric. It's not about any number of Spotify, anything. It's just about, about the, the sort of courage to be vulnerable in that way and to invite people in. And so all of us have learned that lesson tenfold and are really applying that now into our own art and our own sort of independent outlets for for expression and stuff now man the court the courage of vulnerability so it's just like right so whenever we go play a show we i make a point in my mind to say that this is a celebration not a presentation right because it's really and i hate rhyming like that but it's really true because it helps it reminds you it's a, it's the idea of your concept or whatever it is that's accurate is so driven within your own ego that no one gives a fuck. Like no one cares yeah. if you hit the wrong, you know, yeah. you, you hit the wrong chord. Like no one cares. Like if you go to stop no on a pedal, like they don't even yeah. think to care. So you got to think of how do you actually bring value and how do you make that abstract thing happen? How do you make that joy happen? And you got to see that happen yeah. across many different cultures of humanity. What do you think yeah. it is? Like, I think a lot of it's tempo, like, I think a lot of it's like the um, the dynamic in which you guys play, like you guys mm-hmm. play, like you're not yeah. there just like just like um, radio tour acoustic like two acoustic guitars, one vocalist, yeah, like yeah, playing up there. So what yeah. do you think it is? Yeah. Like if you were to have to isolate and bullet point some of those variables, like what do you think it is that creates that joy? Like I went and sat in with Corey Wong the other day at this badass club here in uh, Nashville called Flamingo. Uh, have you played there? Mm-hmm. No, I've been told about, you know, obviously prior to to all of this happening, there was like, like a soul night there or like a funk night that it's called the end that I had been. Yeah. Yeah. That I had been invited out to, to, to check out, but I had never, you know, just because of scheduling, I'd never been able to check it out, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's, we gotta go. Yeah, man, we gotta go. And, uh, I I went there the other night with, with my girlfriend and my friends in my band and, and Corey was there. And I, yeah. I hadn't met him before, but we've been talking on Instagram a couple of times and he's like, get up and play. And I kind of forced my way in there to ask if I could play. Cause I, that, that's all right. Yeah. It's all right. And he's like, well, it, I get up there and I, I play with him on this guitar. I've never played before. I'm like, man, what are we going to play? And he's on his rig and he has his drummer. So I'm in his den. Yeah. And uh, he goes, just breathe and jam, man. And then he just goes, yep. in the room instantaneously changes like mm-hmm. instantaneously changes yeah. and it's like whoa so you can get to that point whether he's aware of it or not where you on your subconscious 
trigger everyone else's subconscious. And it doesn't matter if they're black, doesn't matter if they're white, doesn't matter if they're wearing Nike Jordan ones or Birkenstocks, like you're going to get affected. And you guys do that. You guys get, what is that? What do you think it is? You know, thanks. Thanks for saying that, you know, um, totally. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are points, you know, obvious points, you know, stuff like tempo and, and yeah. you know, vibe and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think for me, maybe on a more macro sense, like yes. the, the, the music that I have felt the most connection to um, is, is music that, that I feel like there's an invitation there to be in the moment with this piece of music. Um, there's an invitation there to, to be myself. Um, it can be... You know, and, and that's something that, that Corey does really well. Like the minute you listen to his music or the minute you listen to the Wolf Guys play, there is an invitation there to just to be in that moment with them, to participate in some way. Not, an not a specific invitation thing. to participate, yeah. and, and And I feel that way about, oh gosh, I was listening this morning. There's a great, uh, um, Eric Whitaker is a great uh, choral comp- composer. There's a piece of his called Sleep, which I just think is so beautiful. And that, has the, has a similar invitation to participate. One of wow. my favorite bands of all time, Tool. It's the same thing. There is something again. Could not be more different from Corey's vibe or the Alan Stone band vibe or right. something. But there is an invitation there to just be vulnerable and to to just express something or to be in that moment. And it, it's it, it's a subjective thing. Um, but there are definitely, and I'm sure you've been in plenty of these, d- d- a lot of sessions or a lot of different vibes where that is not that is not the thing. No. No. There, there is a barrier there or th- there is there's like a cover charge that must be paid in some way. And I think that the music right. that for me has been most impactful, or I think that the music, the music that's most effective in the ways that you're talking about, there's an invitation to participate. Um, wow. Yeah. And you I know, like, that, I, yeah. No, I, I remember like one of my first concerts was going to see Metallica, you know, wow. and which oh, wow. talk about an invitation to participate. There's no one my, bigger. Oh, I mean, it was my first mosh pit experience. It was my first time getting beer spilled. I was tremendous. Wow. It was wonderful. It was everything I wanted it to be, you know? And then it's the same thing where like, you know, we, we the Alan Stone band will go and play in Auckland, New Zealand. And, you know, like whatever it was, four or 5,000 people in this theater, the crowd drank the bar dry before the opening act. Oh so, my God. And, you know, and, and it was just, people were, people were singing during the tunes. People were singing in between the tunes. Okay, people yeah. were singing after the, so it was just tremendous. And, yeah. and you know, the, just that invitation to participate. I know that that kind of sounds vague, but, but I feel like. What sets up the pedestal for an invitation to participate? Do you, is it an understanding? Uh, is it, you can't, here's my question. It's hard to get that invitation to be solid when you haven't played with the guys before in the band. Like you got to have at least somewhat of a repertoire together. I think that's true. And, and, you know, relationships, musical and otherwise can take on a lot of different forms and energies, right? Like some relationships, it's just, it's immediate. You're just like, yes, I get it. You know, as I imagine your experience the other night with Corey was, it's like, all right, I am on this magic carpet ride and here we go. I'm in. You know, I'm, I'm in, I don't need any, you know, but, but yeah. some partnerships, well, honestly, like my experience with the Alan Stone guys was this way. It took, it took a little while, not because of anything those guys were doing, but I think it was just me kind of like getting over a lot of my own neuroses and my own sort of preconceptions. And it took, it took a while, but yeah. because it was really earned that sense of kind of ownership within that band and that sense of ownership of myself and my own musicality and my own voice. Um, 
there was a real pride associated with it. And I think like a real profound connection with everything that I have done subsequently that I feel like is really unflappable. You know, it's really, really strong. Um, you gave so, a fuck, right? It's like, it's really obvious when everyone cares and it's, really, it makes everything better when everyone cares. And it's the idea of like, why would you play music if you don't care? And it's just like, there's so much that happening in these, uh, in these centralized uh, cities that are around industry, but there's yeah. so many opportunities to get into an app where you just don't care. And well, it's you know, like, the, that yeah. helps no one that does nothing. It, it helps no one. It can be really, really damaging. Yeah. And again, you know, like a real lesson that I've learned with the Allen thing, you know, because we were, you know, started out completely independent and then signed to ATO Records and the Brown mm-hmm. Record was re-released through that. And mm-hmm. then we signed to Capitol Records for Radius. And that chapter was sort of challenging. And there, there, there are some pitfalls there with a lot of the cliches that you associate with a lot of major label stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and then back with ATO Records and then, you know, tours being canceled or like wires getting crossed, you know, all this, you know, sure. like interpersonal things, yep. you know, shitty business manager, what, you know, totally throw, throw a stick at anything you want to in terms of cliches in the business. And like, I've, I've seen it all, you know, yeah. and I think that you, what, what I've come to realize, and I think everyone who has had like a longer career in yeah. music realizes is that, you know, you're not owed anything. It's it's what you it's what you make of the opportunity. This is again, it's total cliche territory. I apologize. I'm, I I'm in vacation cliches. mode. You know, I can I can <laughs> say these things. <laughs> I cliche. Um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just realized that I, I wasn't owed anything. You know, um, the opportunity came so suddenly and seemingly randomly, and it could be taken away just as quickly and just as randomly. You know, with a lot of the shenanigans with the label stuff, I, I, I recognize that these were not evil people. They were not bad at their jobs. They were just, well, people experiencing the myriad of things we all experience that can influence, I mean, any number of things, right? So, so I, I came away with some of, you know, I guess some of the, the chapters of some of the things that could be perceived as failures or setbacks within the Al Stone universe, not jaded, which I feel like was a real gift. And just appreciating that like, okay, like this is, th- this ride is sort of like what I make of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and what can I control? You know, um, and, just and your I, own effort, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and just, and, and intention, you know, and pride in the work. And like, right. I, you know, I have seen so many, you know, bands get signed to huge deals with no following. I've seen people mm-hmm. with a huge DIY following who've been openly dismissed by the industry. Oh yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen songs randomly hit. Yes. I've seen songs slow burn. I've seen slam dunk songs that are, have all this money and all this promo put behind them that have died on the vine. I've just, you know, it, it so much of this crazy thing has nothing to do with us. Yeah. You know, right. as, as far as like the industry stuff goes or the biz or whatever it is. I mean, the only thing you can really do is just, is just really, really move with intention and really, again, just sort of be proud of what you're doing and how you're treating the people around you. And, Man, yes. And, you know, my, my experience has been that if, if art is created that way, it right. finds an audience. It might take a little while, but it finds an audience and critically it finds the right audience. Um, and right. You know, it's amazing. You know, you, you don't need 7 million people to hear a song. You need the right person to hear the song at the right time who really mm-hmm. understands the energy and the vibe. And that person could potentially open all kinds of doors for you. Um, and so yeah. that's, you know, but th- this is something I was telling myself, like releasing this single and 
now and gearing up to release a bunch more of just like, well, why even release music now? We're in the middle of this pandemic. The industry is in disarray. People are just kind of like doubling down on, on what should be important to all of us, you know, family and friends and, and kind of people who are near and dear to us. And music's very important though to us, you know, well, no, music yeah. is important. And I realized that sharing art was important to me. Beauty. And you know, like yes. Erith was the first song that I wrote during this lockdown. It was the first time that I had someone else sing a lead vocal that I had written. And why'd you do that? Well, I just didn't know if, if I wanted to sing the song. Yeah. Um, it didn't have, it, it didn't, it didn't, my, my voice didn't really convey the right mood I felt. And it was also a great exercise for me to, Megan Slankard is a great artist and a great friend of mine to just ask, just like, Hey, can, can you sing this thing? Like here, so like the, the demo that I sent to her, like all the parts were in place, all the vocal stacks, everything. And hopefully your listeners will, will check out the song. There's we'll a lot going on. Start this song. episode. Yeah. Um, we'll and, and, and she was, she was so gracious and just, she sang, she just sang the melody and the lyrics. There was no improvisation. There was just, she just sang the song. And I was so grateful for that. And it was so wonderful to just hear, uh, you know, uh, what happened was a transformation where like the song was written from a really kind of confused, lonely space. And that pushed through Megan's voice all of a sudden became like a real sort of um, celebration of like possibility and, and sort of like next chapters. And th there was an optimism now to the song that when I wrote it wasn't there. And, and that oh, wow. inspired me to then reach out to like, so Matt Musty, the drummer from Train, and he was with Grace Potter as well. He, I, I don't think he even said yes to playing on the song. I just sent him the tune and just say, hey man, does this song stink? And then he sent back like a bunch of treatments. And I was like, all right, this is amazing. And then Swati, Swati play, the, the piano, I mean, if you listen to the song and just listen to the piano that Swati plays, it is stunningly beautiful. Like mm. to, to the point that I just want to release just a solo piano version of this song. <laughs> come on it right was, it was just absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous and again you know swati is uh, is a guy who's very much known as a funk kind of soul virtuoso the talk box like all this kind of stuff um but he is such a deep musician and so respectful of of art and and then tyler carol allen stone bass player um all it, he he is just uh, the, the consummate professional any listener who wants to hire a bass bass player for a thing, hire Tyler Carroll. Oh, wow. Okay. He, nice. He is so musical and so versatile and so professional. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take 10% of Tyler's, uh, I'm going to have to be his agent though for hey, this. Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. You know, as, as a, as you know, as an artist, you, 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 you appreciate that. Like if someone sends you something and it requires, you know, and it requires like a lot of massaging that can be fine, but it can also just be like, Oh boy, I'm going to have to put some hours into this with <sighs> Tyler. You, you never have to, you don't change anything. You don't nudge a single, it's just, it is just wonderful the way it is. And then, and then like very last minute hit up uh, Jeff Coffin from Dave Matthews band. And he played like all that horn stuff and woodwind stuff there in the tune. Oh, yeah. come on, man. And that was like an 11th hour thing. Um, Cause you know, I've, I've known Jeff for, for a while, you know, we, we played the Alan Stone band opened 10 or 12 shows for Dave Matthews band, like back in 2012, you know, and um yeah. You know, we, we got off the bus at the Gorge Amphitheater, which is this huge venue in Washington. Oh, I know the Gorge. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, no. So as, as a big jam guy too, like the Gorge has a lot of reverence in that world. It's the um, one. And, and it is a beautiful, beautiful place to play. And Jeff 
like was there to greet us as we were getting off the bus. Again, we were as green as grass, you know, <laughs> and and he was just as green as some fine weed, my friend. And he was there, you know, with just like this camera around his neck and just, hey, I'm Jeff. How's it going? Shaking hands. Just so like just friendly and just like free with his wisdom and just positive energy. And, and, you know, he's, he's, just, he's, he's a dude, you know, he's, yeah, he's, everyone he's is player. Yeah. And he's an, an ambassador for so many great things. And again, he never actually said yes in typical Jeff Coffin way. I just sent him, you know, cause you know, I, I, I have a tendency to be like maybe overly polite and just say, Oh, you know, if, if, it, if you'd be so kind, maybe you would consider possibly potentially playing a little bit, but only here, I don't want to take up, you know, sort of deeply ingrained Britishy sort of nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But with, uh, with Jeff, again, he's another guy, I never actually said yes. He just sent back in this beautiful Jeff Coffin way, just like a series of videos of the Pro Tools session, just talking, oh, here's the thing, and you could maybe mix it like this, and you could do this, and you could do just so much joy. And then just sent me like a bunch of, just like just so many ideas. And, That's the thing, you know, when you reach out to others who have valid egos, for yeah. a project, it enhances the lifeblood of whatever it is you're trying to create, right? Yeah. And man, you're really, you're, you're preaching that in a very heavy, real way, which is like re- reaching out to others who are on your level and above. Like that is the thing. It's so important. It's so much fun, you know, even if you're, because I feel like also some people, myself included, who are coming from a situation where, where they're playing a more supporting role, say, in, in, in maybe something that's successful. Right. Um, there can be a tendency to overcorrect, I feel, and like come out, oh, is that a wasp? Oh, no, it's great. So I'm surrounded by all kinds of geckos all over the place. This is great. It's going to be a great <laughs> video great. component to the podcast. But, you know, there can be a tendency to overcorrect and just be like, all right, this needs to be mine. I need to do everything, you know? And I fell into that trap. <laughs> um, so one of my sort of rules for doing this now oh. is, that, is that I... I have to include people in this thing. I, oh. you know, there, you know, I, I can write the tune, I can produce it, I can mix it, I can do all this stuff, but like, I'm not going to play bass. I'm right. sure as hell not going to play drums. Right. I'm not going to play keys. I'm not, or just, you know, talented people like yourself. I'm going to ask you to do something, you know? I'd love it's to. Just like, and, and, you know, to, to just, just, and to not give, you know, no rules. It's just like, listen to this thing and do a thing that feels really good. And that will be authentic to what the song is meant to be in this moment. And that was another reason why I chose to put out Earwraith now, because it was, it's, it's a time capsule and it is, it's, it's, it's imperfect in all the ways that I feel are so, so great. Um, you know, it's my first attempt at like really going deep, like mixing and really going deep there. And that was such a nourishing kind of learning curve and really, really cool. And I've learned so much. It was a great lesson in terms of sort of relinquishing a little bit of control to let these other musicians just, I, I gave no one any direction. Ah, that's great though. The, the like, only direction I gave was to Megan, just asking her to just sing the, the, the thing, the way that I'd written it. Deliver it down the middle. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, but, but she did that with her own with her own spin on it, with you her can't own character. Help, you can't help, but like, that's what I'm always like thinking about lately. Like if you're trying to do something outside of the box and you're, and but if you want something to be like, um, like useful to a lot of people, like mm-hmm. it's gotta be somewhat in the box, like of our general understanding. There's this good Nietzsche quote where it's like, um, the more talented or intelligent individual, no, the deeper thinkers are, are more fearful of being, 
understood than misunderstood. So it's yeah. like these, like the, if the more talented you are at something, like you'd rather go outside the box and no one get it. But it's like, you really should try to like shoot things down the middle. And like that track is very well executed. It's very well thought out. And th- I think this is just for everyone listening where it's like, shoot down the middle because there's innately going to be residue of your personality and skill on anything you do. It's like, you don't I have to try. So, to, and I think yeah. it also, right. No, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And it comes back to, I think like authenticity as well. Yes. yes. Like, you know, when Jacob Collier sits down to write music, what naturally comes out of him is 150 simultaneous vocal tracks and all of this kind of maximalist thing that is beautiful and really inspiring because it's authentic to him. It makes sense. You know, as, as right. much as I would like to be, you know, like this, this really sort of cool guy, you know, and, and as many different projects as I've done over the years or sessions I've been part of or whatever it is, when I sit down to write music, what just comes out of me, you know, like, like for example, I really wish that what came out of me naturally was just like great death metal. Oh, that would make me so happy. Isn't it oh, interesting? I would, like that's what people I would get. Be, they don't get like, be, if you can, like, if you're good at music, like if you play music, right. And they don't get that. You don't really have the ability to be a Swiss army knife in multiple masters. Like what comes out of you is kind of what comes out. Like when I play a guitar, people always ask me how I get a twangy sound, like whatever guitar it is. And it's yeah. like, well, that's just kind of how my hands sound, man. Like I bone tone, it. baby. Yeah. Bone yeah. Tone. No. Like, you know, which is, which is a great, a great porno. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, but it's true. It's just like, yeah, no, it, it, it comes from you. Right. And yeah. it's the same thing, you know, with like for me with writing a tune, like when I sit down to write a song, what tends to come out is just sort of the Bono thing, three chords and the truth, you know? So, is so that the Bono thing. Wow. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm sure he got it from someone else, you know? Yeah. And, we all probably got it from Paul McCartney, you know? Um, so, so yeah, like I, I think that, that is just the music that comes out of me when I sit down to write, even when I was in the height of like, you know, the, the instrumental guitar stuff and all that. And, and, and really digging deep into, you know, a lot of fusion and a lot of, you know, progressive metal and instrument, you know, fucking Engve Malmsteen and all these guys, oh, you know, yeah. when, when I would sit down to write music, it would still be just sort of GCD, and, and my feelings, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I, it's, it's really great now to kind of, to, you know, for, for those of us who, who have like a, a lot of tools in the tool bag, it's really great, you know, over the years to have like cultivated that sort of maturity or that reverence to be able to pick the right one for the right moment, at least mm. in, in my view, sort of the right moment and to build around that. Cause that's, that, it, it is true. Like with, with Erith in particular, you know, it's like, it's, it's a one, six, four, five, with a few little curveballs here and there, but it is, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of sort of like Easter eggy, sort of like nod and wink stuff for the musicians. Sure. But it, but it just sound, but it is also just a gentle, wintry, ethereal sort of contemplative, like nostalgic thing. I'm perplexed uh, by simplicity. And, I'm perplexed by it, how we use, since how does Pasha Bell Get away! How do we get? How does Old Crow Medicine Show get away with the same chords Pasha Bell used? How does Adam yeah. Levine get away with the same chords that Beethoven used? Like you're talking about all of this change in how we communicate and how we live our lives, and in in, mm-hmm. in even in our architecture as as our lifespans, like everything's changing. But music, we use the same chords still. Like what the fuck are you talking about? We use the same yeah. twelve keys. Like that's a little yeah. interesting, is it not? It's crazy, and it's only grown. 
It's like, what's yeah. that? Yeah, it's wild. It's, I'm, I'm so grateful, especially during these times, to have something through which I, yeah. can, I can kind of manifest just all of this, you know? Um, I can't imagine a life where I wouldn't really create and share music. That, that was another kind of turning point, you know, because I think for all of us, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter like what rung of the ladder you're sort of on, the proverbial ladder you're on. This time right now, this year of 2020, this forced kind of pause that we're all experiencing, um, I think you'd be a sociopath if you didn't kind of step back and go, okay, like where, what does this mean for us moving forward? What does this mean for career? What does this mean for my personal, what, what does this all mean? You know? And I think that, you know, my big takeaway, again, full on cliche mode here, but I think my big takeaway was, again, like not feeling like I'm owed anything from this business, which is, look, I'm, I'm going to just share these singles and share music forever. It doesn't matter what the Alan Stone thing is. It doesn't matter how I'm making money. It doesn't matter whatever trials and tribulations and turmoil there is in the world. I'm just going to create and share this music forever and just see, and, and that will be the guiding light that, that will, that will illuminate whatever path I need to kind of meander down in the future. And again, this does it doesn't sound like super profound on the surface, but when I, you know, had that kind of epiphany of just like, it's not, you know, it's, I'm not owed a career by this music. I'm just, I, I just need this expression and this something that plants me and firmly contextualizes me in like really turbulent times. I, I need that. And that's the energy that I'm going to honor. And when I really relaxed into that, there was just this all-encompassing just sort of sense of peace and calm and a weight lifted of, of just like, okay, I, now, I, I know, I know wow. what it is that I want to do. Um, and I'm so, I'm so grateful for that. You know, had, had we not had this forced pause and had it had just, you know, the, the tour was canceled halfway through the first tour of the album cycle for building balance. So we were getting up to wow. two, three years yeah. of just crazy, yeah. crazy full tilt boogie, which is great. But you know, it would have been a couple, three years again, uh, further away from um, this evolution that, you know, I'm kind of experiencing now and that we're all experiencing in our own ways. It would have been a couple, three years removed from, writing this music and sharing this music or even feeling like I want to do that. It would have been a couple, three years removed from actually feeling like I have a strong sense of self and identity separate from a thing that's already successful. There's so much, um, you know, that, yeah. that is sort of the, the result of yeah. this, of this tension of course. That, um, that I'm very, grateful to be able to appreciate. I mean, here I am sat in this beautiful place that I'm, that I'm very fortunate to be able to kind of wrap my head around, you know? Yeah. And, and I think also one of the reasons why I was, I'm, I'm flattered that you asked me to do the show is that I feel like this is a gift that this podcast offers to your listeners is an opportunity to ask these questions, you know, uh, about themselves and going, okay, well, you know, how, how am I navigating through all this? You know, um, what, what about my thing that I thought really mattered? Right. Right. Does it really matter that much? You know? Ooh, now that's a dark one. Everyone in the industry felt that this year. Everyone who plays music felt that they did not matter. Because <laughs> ultimately, it's going to go on without you. Right. Yeah. And you, can, you face that monolith of truth where it's like, 
That really is real. Like that's very, very real. But the thing is, yeah. I read this Carl Sagan quote that just kills me where it's like to live in the hearts of the ones you leave behind is to live forever. To live in the mm-hmm. hearts that you leave behind is to live forever. So it's like, sure. whoa. So it's really like if you can just make people feel in this time, if you can find a way to connect people, make them feel in your time here, then you're like, you've done your job. And it's like, doesn't matter if it goes on without you because you've done your job. And it's like, that really is. Yeah, right. I No, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think for me, you know, to have this happen at the stage of my life or the stage of my career that I'm in yeah. is, is, I mean, it, again, it so, sounds so shitty to say stuff like fortunate during these times, but, but I'm, I'm grateful to have had experienced like, like really, you know, a, a, a lot as far as career goes and, you know, and, and as far as just like personal stuff, you know, like when you're, right. you know, I, I've, I've been that person who has, you know, had relationships end because I've just been on the road too much and I've been like inattentive. I've been a shitty partner, you know, oh, yeah, me too. I've, yeah. I've been, you know, I've, I've been part of some great business deals. I've been part of some awful business deals. I've been part, you know, like I've experienced that crazy roller coaster of like a band making it or whatever, you know, and that, that cliche of like, oh, well, this is just what my life is. This is great. I'm just going to be fucking hitting inside the park home runs for the rest of my life. All the gummy bears I can eat. This is great, you know? Mm. Um, and then to have that kind of slow down yeah, and to have there be lulls and to have there be, you know, miscommunications or like, you know, promises that weren't kept or like, where'd that money go? You know, all of, again, all the cliches. Ooh. I've arrived, I've arrived now at, at, at a place, especially during this time. I mean, here I am with my, with my parents, you know, at at, at the family spot, just being like, you know, um, how, how is my family? How are my people? Are they healthy? Are they well? How can I support them? Can I be with them? Right. You know, um, who, and, and even just musically, like who, who are, who's really on my team? Who, who is, who was on my team superficially because I was part of something that was successful when it was really moving around and who are the people, people. yeah, well, you know, and, and who are the people who genuinely believe in me as a creative entity and as a person, as like, and as a contributor to the continuum, who are those people? And I, I know that the greatest emphasis must be placed on finding those people and respecting and loving those people. Um, and then everything else can be built on that. If, if this had happened earlier on in my career, I would probably be, you know, I would certainly be a lot more resentful and I'd certainly be like, oh, well, God damn it. I need this sort of validation or, or this was supposed to make it on this playlist or you're supposed to do this and it's all for shit. And what does it all mean? Whereas now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more, well, I'm certainly a lot more patient than I was, but I think I really appreciate having been a person who has made a lot of good decisions, but also made a lot of mistakes. And a lot of the mistakes that, again, are cliches. I really appreciate how fortunate I am to be able to be like, okay, where, where are my people? Are they safe? You know, are, are they well? Let right. me be with them, you know? And, and the same thing, you know, even with sharing music is like, let, let, let me do this and let me honor people who are in my corner who really believe in me. Um, let me create this music for them and let me find an audience who kind of intuitively taps into that energy. Um, you know, I, I remember even chatting with some people, yes. like publicists and stuff like that before releasing Eraith and being like, okay, well, what kind of camp? And, and just, you know, again, sort of bizarrely just being like, you know what? I, I, not for this song. Yeah. Not right now. Not no. right now. This song yeah. needs to just be about these gestures that we're talking about. It needs to just nudge the boat out. 
it needs to just be a gentle invitation into this being like something that I do. And let me go be with my family. Let wow. me go be with my people, you know, and that, and, and so here I am, you know, man, um, it's the concept of doing what's meaningful over doing what's expedient. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, oh gosh, I'm going to put, you know, I shouldn't have even brought this up cause I'm going to butcher the quote, but, and it, <laughs> so badly that I'm not even sure. So I'm going to like very, oh, very horribly paraphrase it, but basically oh, it's like, you know, you have a direction and that is far more important than like, as you say, like stuff happening quickly, uh, not even a great paraphrase of a great quote, but, and, and that's something that, you know, I've realized now that there's been this kind of forced pause, you know, and the Alan Stone thing is dormant and kind of a lot of things in our industry are dormant and I'm putting out this music and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm around people who love me and I'm in so fortunate to be in this beautiful place and having a great conversation with a, with a friend and a musician I really admire. Likewise. It's, it's this, it, it really is a beautiful time to just kind of reflect. And, and, you know, honestly, I can't, yeah, yeah, no, no, to, to reflect back and, and, you know, all, all the times I've been so critical of myself, man, so critical of my yes. career and just like, Oh God, like this, why, why isn't this happening or this is happening now, but it's not happening the way I thought it was. Yeah, like, you're oh, right. This person said this and this person. Sounds silly. But you know, and, and I, but, but I look back on, my career, my life, or however you want to think about it. And, um, and I realized that the, the direction, the intention has been actually really steady and consistent. You know, it's meandered along the way as any life or career does, but there sure. has been a real intensity and a real, right. real again, direction that has been right. steadfast. That when you're in the thick of things, when you're in the mosh pit, when you're just trying to like not catch your 7,000th cold on tour. Oh yeah, um, vitamin C and LaCroix. Yeah, you just, you know, you, 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 you don't focus on this stuff. You're in survival mode. And so, you know, but I realize now that even in all my regrettable, like ill-fitting pants phases and like <laughs> tank top phases and like whatever fucking bullshit phases it actually I, I was actually kind of like on the right path the whole time um and, and the simulation i think is like the idea where we have our ego in the present view of the scenes that are happening before our eyes and and once the highlight reel plays back in our mind we start to see that there's a real disconnect there and you're never really as aware of the peace and harmony and the flux of change in the chaos the chaos and order really that's happening in everything that you're doing and you're only mm -hmm. really caught up in like maybe what's wrong and what you don't presently have and who who you, who you are yet to be but really, once you look back, you're like, oh, wait, no, that led to this and that led to that. And now I'm here and I'm thinking these things and I'm at this level and it makes you a better person. And it's like, yeah. how do you get aware of those things while it's all happening when it's fully turbulent and interactive in the present moment? That's what the level I think you're, you're talking about that you're trying to get on. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's, and along those exact lines, it's that advice that you would give anyone of just enjoy the moment and be you know, here now. Yeah. What, yeah, sure. And you know, sometimes for some people, when you hear something like that, you're just like, oh, well, this is just what people say, you know? Well, it what, is because it's a cliche and it's real. <laughs> no, no, but, but it is, it is real. And I think yeah. that, you know, what I probably would have been unreceptive to hearing at the time, but that I would absolutely tell someone now yeah. is that, you know, the only way, like this, this is not supposed to make sense right now. If you're so fortunate as to be caught up in the crazy whirlwind of like a band 
sort of breaking through or, or, or whatever it is, or, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're experiencing now, you know, all of these things, if you're so fortunate to get those kind of cuts at the plate, it's not supposed to make sense. In fact, it should feel stupid. It should feel, it should feel like entirely unsustainable and like none of it's real. Like it should feel that way. That's because good to it hear, is, man. That's great to hear. No, no. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not, it, it shouldn't make sense. If it makes sense, you're either a sociopath or you're an asshole or it's, huh. it's, it's, or like you, you're hallucinating. I have no idea. It's, it's, it's not really supposed to make sense. Um, but <laughs> you know, but it, it find it, it contextualizes later on when you have a moment to breathe and you're just like, Oh Christ, like I'm, I'm a complete, like I have been a completely different human being, like maybe six or seven times over the past 10 years. It's crazy. You know, I know it's a yeah. wild and, thing to observe the different, yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, no. it, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonder, you know, that I, if, if there was anything that I would impart to someone, you know, maybe listening to this who's early on in their career, doesn't know what the hell is going on, or they're starting to maybe get on the uptick of something. It's just like, just, it's supposed to feel dumb. Yeah, man. It's really meant to feel stupid. Yeah. Um, and, and it will all kind of make sense later on. And in the meantime, just be kind to people and just be overwhelmed, be intimidated, but just keep, but just like keep hacking through the woods, you know? And, and you kind of, and, and it makes sense. It, it really does. And I'm, I feel fortunate to have kind of survived, I guess, long enough now to be at a place where I'm like, okay, like, you know, it, I, I, I know, like, I'm, I'm sort of on the righteous path for me. I'm kind of hucking things down what I perceive the heart of the plate to be, you know, to use a completely different analogy there we or go. metaphor, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> um, and, um, and as I'm starting to release this music and as I'm starting this sort of new chapter of my life and my career, as we all are, I'm yeah. confident that it's being informed by the right stuff, you know, and that's, um, and again, you know, something I'm really grateful, even if, even if the Allen thing were to end today, it, it has given me so much, you know, not least of which is that kind of realization that, that I can, I can trust myself you know, as an artist and as a person, like that's, that's a big deal, you know? And then when you have something like that, you know, it's not about the number of social media followers you have or the amount of people who bought the vinyl or the amount of people who bought a t-shirt or all, all the stuff that we very rightly concern ourselves with. Those things are important, but it's not really about that. It's what is actually, you know, fueling the fire. And again, like what uh, work focusing on like what makes you proud, what, what makes you feel uh, really fulfilled as a person and as an artist, you know, man, it's, I think it's, I read this quote where it's like, it's, it's not about what work you do, but it's in this life and, and what you learn, but it's how you do it. Because if you really look at it, like you, if you attain a goal while being a person that you're not sustainably being, then that feedback cycle won't continue for very long. Yes. And it's like, so you might as well get your shit straight, your perception right, and your vibes right on your own inner, inner world and start yeah. manifesting success within behaviors that come from that guy or woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that'll sustain. Like that's where the macro can start to be a luxury. And that's where the feast I feel can come in. And that's mm -hmm. what you're talking about, man. That's so beautiful that you're arriving to that through your own speculation and experiences. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it, it's, it's a, it's a really kind of funny place to have arrived upon after all this time. You know? <laughs> it always is. What a long, strange trip it's been, right? It's like, what a truly. long, what a long, strange, what, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. <laughs>
But so what are you excited about right now as, as we're kind of, you know, on, on the cusp of like a new year? I'm not excited about the new year. I don't know if I'm looking at this as a new year. I, I haven't really thought about it. I have a, a, a note to sit down and think about what I want to do for, for, for next year and get everything ready. But, you know, right now, man, I am very much just so happy to be out playing again. We're playing down here in Nashville, getting back on stage about twice mm-hmm. a week. And we're not yeah. doing any advertised shows. We're just simply just playing down at Robert's Western World again. Yeah. And that's really fun. That's giving me I, a thing. So like I played there when I was like 16 to like 20 years old. So I had about four or five years there where I was playing all the time. And now I've had like five years of experience of traveling the world, meeting different people and cultures that I can now take back to that platform and kind of revisit that old identity and that old energy and that yeah. old, um, that old value center. Um, well, that's, no, really that's cool. Cause I, I remember like, we, you know, several, it would have been, you know, obviously during that the time you're talking about, but we, we had done a thing at, at the Ryman and then I went over to Roberts when, when you were probably 18 or something like that. Yeah. And, and saw you play with, with, uh, with, ah. with that, with that band, you know, yeah, the Don and, Kelly uh, band, and just be like, okay, well, this is this this guy's this, this guy's ridiculous. This is great. And I just I kind of hung out there for like an hour and a half, you know. Well, kind of that's the thing, man. Yeah, I'm trying to get back on that wavelength. I feel like I might have lost that wavelength by getting out into the world for about five years. I didn't lose it completely, but I was just made aware of different possibilities and different avenues that can that you can manifest in this business, mm-hmm. and um, that really was my calling is to just be. What whatever Roberts is 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 me playing on stage, and I hone in on an energy in a moment that brings something out of me that makes people sit there for four hours and not move. And I don't get what that is, and I'm so I'm trying to kind of understand what that is, and I'm really just trying to respect whatever muse that is every day right now. Yeah. I haven't been posting as much. I haven't been thinking about content. I've just really been trying to get back to like what's my real value center, and what's going to work five years, ten years down the road for me. It's like. So really, man, just playing out again is something I've been excited about. We're yeah. going to do a, a record in February. I'm excited about that. And Good. the podcast Good. has been full of discovery. You know, ironically, it's called The Lost Highway, but it, I, I learn more and more each time I, I do another episode. So those are the vibes. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I really like the show a lot. Like I remember even, I think it was even episode one, the, the interview you did with Clay Cook. Thank you, know? you man. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, what, Oh, I love a lot of things about your show, but one, one of them is just that, you know, this is clearly an outlet that you are genuinely engaged in, and passionate about and excited about. And yeah. I think one of the reasons why I'm not doing my show at the moment, you know, there are many episodes and it was definitely a thing, but one of the reasons why I'm not doing my show now is I realized that I didn't actually have that same level of engagement and passion behind the show. I sort of, I, I kind of, like I said earlier on in our conversation, I, I was kind of using it as an excuse to not do the personal work required to actually dig deep into the music that I wanted to create. Wow. It was a little bit of a distraction for me as opposed to like a really nourishing supplement to the thing, which wow. I feel like is what you, you're doing. So I feel like your inner compass is really nicely aligned. And I think, um, you know, it's funny, it's funny yeah. too, like you're going back and playing shows at Roberts is exactly what we're talking about just in terms of during, during these surreal times, where are our people? you know, and falling back on these things that provide us like a a sense of identity, a sense of security. Um, And, you know, for you, you know, playing at Roberts, these were like very important formative years and not just your development as a musician, but your development as a person. And to me, I think it makes perfect sense to, to re-explore 
that world and go, okay, well now me now as, as like a grown ass man with like a career and this cool following and all this stuff happening, what does like where I came from, what does that mean to be now? And, and I think that it's, it, it, as you say, it's a powerful energy. And so I think it's great too, that you're, Thank yeah, you. that you're going, that you're going down there and you're playing. And also, you know, and just like, as you say, like purely on a practical level, um, engaging with a band, continuing to Dude. build the chemistry with the musicians. Um, you know, I, I feel like with a lot of musicians, there's a disenfranchisement of just like a, a disconnection from audiences and crowds and just like a, the human thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's encouraging as long as the shows are safe, you know, I, I they, think it's great to kind of Roberts go Roberts has been very good. They've been very politically correct about it. And it's like, it gives me a lot of faith in humanity, honestly, to go back there again. Because if you're only listening to certain sides of algorithmically curated pieces of content that are driven by the media, you might start to think that you're part of the problem and you are like, you obviously are, you know, if you're playing out shows, you're not on the safe side of things, but it's very interesting to see how let's not forget that COVID's uh, not as old as music. Like let's not forget that music is a archaic human interaction and music survived terrible things like throughout all kinds of events of humanity. And it's cool to see archetypes, cliches, whatever you want to call them that are involved with humanity that out survive bad plagues and out survive things that are really crushing to the ego and our health. And it's like, it's wild to see. And it's, I don't want to speak out of place or, or offend anybody, but it's nice to be able to go and see people who want to see music and give that to them. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people miss, you know, it's, it, it's a very kind of profoundly human thing to want really? to participate and to want to be moved and to want to congregate and share and all of these things. And so like this, this time has been very sort of surreptitiously damaging for a lot of people, you know, yeah, even people who are so fortunate as to not have their livelihoods decimated or to not have lost loved ones or to not be filled with kind of all manner of existential kind of like, at least like very sort of visceral existential angst, you know, there is, as I say, this surreptitious thing, this sort of like drip torture of just uncertainty, uncertainty, oh, separation, yeah. separation. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. I mean, I've, I, you know, personally, I've enjoyed a break from the road just for an opportunity to heal sort of mind and body, but I, I really look forward to that opportunity to be back on stage again, as we it, all do. Dude, yeah. man, there's something really nice about putting an amp in the back of your Toyota Corolla, driving 20 minutes and then coming home that night and playing. It's just like a way different thing. And it's wild too, for my ego to to have 100,000 people subscribe to what I do and then on a Sunday, go play to seven. Yeah. And it's like, that's actually really good because I challenge a lot of people with that followership to go and try to ch channel a real place in themselves that's not driven by statistics when there's seven mm -hmm. people in a room yeah. and they've already gained 100,000 people in their fan base. It's like, that's a great challenge I wasn't thought I was going to have to face this year. And it's very nice to be able to do that because it, it makes you realize that it is in you, my friend, like it's really inside of you. And if you really force yourself to get there, you hold your breath under that water long enough, it comes and it's yeah. wild. And you're channeling into something that's not within your physical being that I don't even know what it is, but I'm just, I'm feeling it more and more these days around me when I'm holding the guitar in my hands and it's wild. Yeah. No, I, th I think it's so important. I think it's commendable. You know, we all fall into complacency, especially yeah. if, if you're fortunate to have, you know, some success or be part of something that has worked or is working, 
as I say, you know, all the, all the gummy bears you can eat, you know, it's pretty cool, ah, you yeah. know, um, or, or, you know, to have, as you say, like, a, you know, a platform with a, with a couple hundred thousand people, you know, you get, you put something out and you get immediate feedback. You put out a record, people listen, you put out a song, people dig it. Yep. Um, and, you know, so certainly within that, you can lose the forest for the trees a little bit just in terms of, okay, but how else can I push, which is why it's great. You know, you have this show and you have other things you're doing, but you know, how can I push myself? How can I continue to grow as opposed to just get this validation or these continual kind of dopamine hits from this thing, you know, right, and certainly with, yeah. within the Alan Stone thing, we've, we've definitely gone through many chapters of complacency and, you know, what a tremendous luxury on the, you know, but it's, it, it's been the, the growth of like what it takes to sit down and get yourself out of that kind of rut is really powerful. And Man, so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's unfortunate yeah. that I, I wish I was a strong enough person to be able to put myself through it just naturally, but I don't know if it works that way. Like I think like the hedonic, I think it's like hedonic adaptation is what it's called. I'm a dumbass, so I don't know, but it's like, um, we can't help on us, but on like a physical and like chemical level to uh, get uh, to adapt to sensory experiences. Otherwise, everything would be so startling to us. We wouldn't be able to operate and maneuver through society in a way that's logistically sound. Mm -hmm. uh, like a one-year-old, like you just simply, all the sights, the sounds, the explorations, the kaleidoscope of reality and, and all the uh, parameters in between, it would be too much to take in. So our brain can't help but get desensitized. And maybe we start to see the fact that we, for, we get blind to the fact that we actually need to be striving and growing at all moments in time. If you're not doing that, you're really shrinking. And so I guess yeah. I'm realizing now that I think there's an essence in, raw, in playing downtown for four hours at a time that makes me not shrink, but it makes me grow. And it's mm -hmm. cool. It's, it's a forcing of that staying on that treadmill. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, and again, it's commendable that you're, that you're doing it. You know, I think that it's, uh, it's such a human thing to sort of like want to be comfortable and yeah. to feel safe and to feel yeah. protected. And, um, you know, I, I think maybe it's on us to kind of realize that there are many ways to feel that way. You know, you can... You can, you know, you can be surrounded by family. You can be surrounded by your people, yeah. people who yeah. care about you. And that can inspire you to create and to push yourself, you know. Um, you know, this, one of the, the great things about this time too, and I may have to sign off here fairly soon. So I've sure. yeah, been having a nice long chat and this is great. Yeah, I but love this. I, but Any... There are some afternoon cocktails in my future. Ooh, you know? Yes, sir. Well, let's wrap it. That's fine. But, no, no, no. But no, I mean, no, we could, uh, we, we can de definitely chat for a few more minutes. And again, like I, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And we will do it again when you're back in town. We got it. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I, you know, I, I, what I'm excited about for myself and for you and for yeah. people who are inclined to want to push and kind of dig a little bit deeper is this is, this is fertile ground for that. There is, as we've, as we've been talking about, there is so much turbulence. There is so much unknown. There's so much upheaval. And, you know, there is that tendency to want to shrink. You know, there's a difference between falling back on you know, our people for, for safety and for context and for being re-energized. And there's a difference between that and completely withdrawing, completely withdrawing into that and to, to become desensitized and, yeah. to, and to, to, to shut off that empathy, to shut off that drip because it's painful and because it's inconvenient. There's a huge difference between being around your people and that, 
you know, and I think for people wow. who are inclined to want to push yeah. and want to learn this, is, like I said, this is fertile ground. Yeah. We can really look at, look at ourselves and, and others wow. really profoundly and go, how, how, you know, it's not about having answers. It's just a willingness to kind of engage. I think that's the big thing right now is just a willingness to engage, whether oh. it's, whether it's like the, the, the political dissonance, whether it's the social unrest, right. um, whether it's the industry, whether it's relationships. I mean, these are huge issues that huge. do not have simple answers, but all of them are happening in real time. And, you know, you can shrink or you can choose to kind of meet the things on the front line and be wholly imperfect. And again, that I really learned that lesson from the Alan Stone thing, you know, that you, you don't have to be, you don't have to be good. You don't have to know what you're doing at all, but you no. have to, but, but, but you have to be willing to kind of show up and crank it, you know, and, and get in the van and go to the next place and do the same thing. You know, it's, it's, Fuck it's yeah, man. On, on the human level. Like you have to be prepared to ask questions. Yes. You have to be prepared to chat with people and engage people who don't think in the same way that you think. Thank you, you have yes. to, you know, you should share art. Mm-hmm. You should grow. You should push yourself. You should play to seven people in a weird socially distanced show and yeah. like grapple with what that means. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that provides perspective and clarity on another thing that you're doing. Um, you know, there is so much opportunity to just be like less of a douchebag. Oh, <laughs> right man. Now, you know, um, and I think. Right that on. is also, you know, that's a very scary place to be, right? It's a very yeah. scary place to be, um, to, to be willing to kind of like really turn the microscope inward and figure out what's going on. You have um, to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, abs- well, yeah, absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. And I know personally, I'm very much in that place right now where I'm just, I'm really kind of, I'm turning the stone over, no pun intended, in all kinds of different ways and sort of figuring out you know, where, like I've said many times during our conversation, like, where am I at right now? Like, what does it mean in this moment? And, and where, where, where do I want to go? Not, not like where, where, where am I being led by this sort of like nebulous sort of amorphous thing? Like you are not a victim, right? Yeah. Like where, where, where do I want to, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And, um, you know, certainly sharing songs like Erith is very important for me in, in actualizing all that and figuring out what the hell it means. Having conversations like ours today is yeah, so dude. nourishing and like really wonderful, selfishly for me. Maybe ah. I'm going to bore your audience to tears. I don't give a no, shit about they, me, they, you know. Um, they no, were very you know, like, excited to hear you're coming on here. They really were. Oh, wanted. well, no, as I say, it's, 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 it's my pleasure, you know, and... Um, Man, I'm going to put the link to this, uh, t- to the song and, and also just to all the socials. Obviously, it's on every platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, all the places, yeah. right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely get that out there in the world. And I just thank you so much for this time. This was so fun, man. This really was. I needed this. They, we're just on that level uh, of thinking and, and kind of that similar neuroticism. And it, it's good to, <laughs> to, to, to reveal that to the world and show people that they're not alone in their thoughts, you know? So this was a beautiful time. Thank you. Yeah, well, well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Anytime you want to chat, either on the record or off the record, I'm right. always down. I can smell that Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville mix through through the Zoom meeting. So I'm excited for you. <laughs> it's almost time. It's almost time. Yeah. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later, Trevor. Sweet, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, dude. Be safe. Happy New Year's too. Yeah, no, thanks, dude. No, and, and th- this, was, this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very flattered you wanted to have me on. I appreciate it. All right, oh, man. My pleasure. All right, cool, dude. Well, yeah, well, be be safe, and I will. Um, yeah, let's 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 touch base in in the new year and just kind of figure out where we're all at, 
and yeah. or where we're both at. And we'll, yeah, we'll, whatever. We'll, we'll hang, we'll make some music, we'll drink some coffee. It'll all be good. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Right on. All right, okay, yeah, I'll talk to you dude. later. All right. Take it easy, dude. Positivity wins. Voice cracking at the age of 25, soon to be 26. I don't know how much that wins, but it just happened. I'm being transparent. I'm being honest. And that's really, I think, what matters in this life. Thank you guys so much for listening to the official podcast of Cosmic Country, the Lost Highway podcast. We are presently not brought to you by anybody. Who are we listening to? Obrey Ramsey, Wildwood Flower, one of my favorite folk artists. We are listening to Jerry Garcia with Grateful Dead on some birth on the intro of this podcast and they were listening to trevor's trevor larkin's brand new single go download it everywhere i don't want to uh, botch the pronunciation of it so just type in trevor larkin music on all platforms you guys will dig it if you want to get into some cosmic country we have it on youtube facebook spotify apple music title all of the places support us on patreon thank you to we just hit 51 patrons which is very much so astounding um we have cosmic country merchandise that we just dropped for the winter we have a new release every month this year y'all make sure to subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts and to follow it on spotify thank you one more important thing before you sign off what is it that you are going to do in 2021 such as a personal act of ownership to make your life better what is it that you're going to do let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram or Patreon. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what you're up to. In the meantime, stay patient, stay persistent, stay positive, stay cosmic.